Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tell me a story. Folklore and Irish tales with Eddie Lenehan. Now, Eddie Lenehan here in Crushing County Clare again, and this time maybe it might be appropriate to, on the 25th anniversary of Clare's first win in how many years? They won in 1914 and they won again in 1995. Uh, I think nearly 25 years ago. And since there's so much nonsense talked about Biddy Early's curse on that team, which there was no such curse, of course, it might be appropriate to talk about the great woman herself. Now, Biddy Early was born in 1798, the year of the Great Rebellion, and she died on the 23rd of April, 1874, which was a pretty long lifespan in those days, considering the hardships that people went through in the 19th century, because she was only a peasant woman, so-called, and had a very, very tough upbringing in her early years, because her parents died very young. She was reared in the workhouse, it seems. We don't know an awful lot about her very young days, but for the present edition of my book in such a biddy early, I found out quite quite a number of new details about her, including her death cert, which hadn't been seen before, and the death cert of one of her four husbands, Tom Flannery. 
And they were married for 20 years, so obviously they got on very well together, herself and Tom. But she was an amazing woman. Some people think she was a witch, and of course she wasn't. She was a banthassa, a woman of knowledge. She was a herbalist, she was a curing woman, and an extremely good psychologist, if we can follow the kind of cures she provided. She was a patient woman. She knew how to size people up who came to her, for good and bad, bad in the sense that if you came to her to mock her, by God she would teach you a lesson that you wouldn't forget. She didn't have, how would I say, she didn't suffer fools well. Uh, if you were talking about her, seemingly, on the way to her house, or before you came, if you, and there's quite a number of examples of that, if you said, oh, the whole bitch biddy early, God almighty, have we to travel 40 miles to her now? You know, this would be in an age of horse and car or walking. She'd know it when you came. Oh, so you're the man that was calling me an old bitch, huh? Well, you can go about your business now, but maybe his wife then would intervene and Biddy would come around and say, all right, all right, for your sake I'll cure him, but not for his sake. She was a generous woman. She always provided something for people who deserved it and sometimes for people who didn't. There was always cues at her door for years and years and it's that that makes me think how patient a woman she was because the kind of cues that she provided for free because she was a real healing woman she never asked for any money or anything whereas if you wanted to pay her yes you could and she accepted and that's why the house was always full of poutine because remember it was mainly poor people who came to her and what had they to give they had no money to give but they well people were making their own grog at the time uh, which served two purposes. They had no money for whiskey, and by making your own, you were cheating the government, which was the English government at the time, so you were doing your patriotic duty. And Biddy's house, being full of Pachin, did get her into quite a lot of trouble, not alone with the police, whom she wasn't afraid of, no more than she was afraid of the clergy or afraid of anybody else. She was a woman ahead of her time like that, uh, but it did get her into a lot of trouble, it seems, with the local women, because the local men were constantly at her house. You know yourself, where there's free drink, there'll always be a crowd. And uh, yes, she did get into trouble like that. But it was the clergy really were her... No, some of the clergy, not all by any means, because there's... there's uh, Stories about how some clergy came to her for cures themselves. Even one bishop came to her for a cure with his coach and four, as the story goes. But some of the clergy were dead against her. And in Fiekel, that seems to have damped enthusiasm quite a bit for her. Because there's, uh, there are stories about how people came looking for her in Fiekel and they were not welcomed by the locals. They sometimes were put astray in Fiekel when they looked for her house. Now, that's no blame maybe to local people because, you see, the clergy were very powerful people at the time. 
you would not get the sacrament, as old people told me, if you pointed out Biddy's house to strangers. So, you see, uh, there's many angles to the Biddy story. There's political, there's social, there's, there's, there's psychological. She was a complicated woman, but overall a good woman. There can be no doubt about that. She provided a service, uh, a healing service, a psychological service, social service. She provided a service when there was no other service available for poor people. Rich people had money, poor people hadn't, and that made all the difference. Biddy was a good woman and a decent woman. Now, why would so many stories survive about somebody like that if she wasn't important? Um, there's the story of Biddy and the priest's horse is the most famous of all the stories that survives how she taught a priest from Tipperary a lesson uh, an arrogant priest who came to punish her and she stuck his horse to the road and stuck him to the horse until such a time as he apologised uh, uh, for what he had said about her and the the story that that uh, the lesson that that teaches, I think, is that it is something that many people would love to have said to priests themselves at the time, but they didn't. Biddy did, and people were delighted that somebody would stand up to the clergy like that, and that is the story that has survived best in people's memories. And the other, the other one that has survived, of course, is the, the funny story about the poor man from up around here someplace who couldn't afford his rent. The rent had to be paid twice a year or else you could be evicted, which was a terrible, terrible thought. You could be thrown out on the road by the landlord's agent if he chose. And if he wanted to give your house to some one of his friends or whoever, your house could be demolished and bye-bye. We have plenty of examples of that. But this poor man couldn't afford his rent. All he had was two pigs, and the pigs had to be sold for the best price he could get. He could have sold them in Ennis. There was a bacon factory in Ennis, but sure Ennis was only a small little four-street town that time. So he decided that he'd take the pigs instead down to Shaw's Bacon Factory in Limerick, which was the biggest bacon factory in Munster at the time. It is gone now, but not quite gone because there's one uh, little phrase yet that reminds us of Shaw's Bacon Factory, and you know what that is. If you serve time in Limerick Jail, you serve time at the back of Shaw's. <laughs> at the back of Shaw's, Limerick Jail was just at the back of Shaw's Bacon Factory, so if anybody ever says to you, oh, were you in the back of Shaw's? <laughs> You were in Limerick Jail. So anyway, he decided he'd go down to, to Shaw's Bacon Factory with his pigs. But the problem is, you see, pigs are back, bad walkers and fat pigs are very bad walkers. And the poor man, the railway was here, the railway was here, but sure, he had no money and his neighbours were in the same status himself. They had no money to give him. So he decided he'd walk the pigs. But 32 miles is a long way for pigs or for people to walk. And he hadn't even a horse and car. He was that poor. So we got, he said he'd take a shortcut. And he had to start out the night before. And the shortcut was from here to Tulla to Kilkishan by Kilmurray and on and on and on and come out below at Setrights and into Limerick. It took about 12 miles off his journey, which was significant. So he did. 
started out here the evening before and headed on. Now, he took it, of course, you know, walk two or three miles, take a break, walk a couple of miles, take a break, give the pigs a chance. And, of course, he was all right while he was walking the 12 miles from here to Tulla. He knew that very well, going to fairs and all the rest of it. And he knew the road to Kilkishan, he knew that. But remember, at that time, this would be the 1860s sometime, people lived very local lives. And in the darkness, well... Different world entirely. When darkness came in those days, darkness came. When a, a lamp or a candle in a window won't give you much light. And the other thing was, <laughs> at crossroads there was no signposts. And when he came to Kilkishan, it was completely dark. And after that he didn't know his way. <laughs> and it was the pigs were leading him. And on and on they went. And by the morning, sure Christ, they were gone astray entirely. They were gone north instead of south. They were arrived at Fekel, <laughs> completely out of their way, and the poor old pigs, they collapsed in a heap on the road, and no amount of kicking or cajoling or coaxing, they were down, and that was that, and the poor man, even after what am I going to do, I'm going to be thrown out, and a man came along the road, and he said, what's wrong, poor man, are my pigs have done, shh, 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 why don't you go to Biddy? Biddy who? Biddy Early, God Almighty. And of course he had heard of Biddy Early, of course. Everyone knew about Biddy Early. Where is she? She's above there. Look above the height. Above the, you know, where her cottage is, the remains of the old bit of a cottage today. And he, I mind your pig. Go on. So we're not minding him. So on he went anyway, and it was early in the morning, and big God, he was lucky because there was only maybe two ahead of him. It was late in the day, there'd be a quarter of a mile of people. So we got in here, up he went. And he was next within 15 minutes and there was Biddy at the half door and by God she knew him, knew his name and all the rest of it. Brought him in, gave him a cup of tea and, well, she said, tell me. Because she knew, you know, just to put him at his ease. And he told her about the pigs that were down and he had the same like all in the office. Shh, shh, she said, don't, 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 you'll be all right. And she went up into the room and she came down after a couple of minutes. And in her hand she had these little three twists of paper and she gave them to him. Now she said, put them in your pocket and when you go back to where the pigs are, she said, <coughs> the first pig, lift up his tail and stick one of those, <coughs> you know where, and do the same with the second pig. No, she no a bit vulgar, but he wasn't a vulgar woman at all and your man was listening. And... You know, he, normally he had heard about Biddy. Normally she'd give you a bottle and maybe water or whatever and she'd give you instructions on how to rub it, whatever was the ailment, or how to drink it or say whatever prayers. But this was a new one on him. But anyway, you didn't question Biddy. You did what she told you. There was no come back. Do it once. That was that. So he thanked her and put his hand in his pocket as if to pay. But Biddy knew very well that he had no money. Go on, she said. Go on, you'll get to Limerick fine. He went back anywhere to where the pigs were. And the man that was minding the pigs said, Well, well, did you meet her? Did you see her? And he, he took out one of the little twists of paper or whatever it was, you know, the little, little... And he did what Biddy told him, you know, run up the pig's tail and stuck this, you know, where the sun don't shine and did the same to the second pig. And immediately the poor old pigs that were there with their ears down and they looking miserable. Immediately the ears stood up and the tail stood up like two ramrods. Up they sprang and off like two greyhounds. And your man, my, my pig's got a billy 
what you do? And he had to lead out after them. Well, no, Fakel Village was only a half a mile away. And the people were going about that morning chores, you now getting their bucket of water out of the well. And next thing, in gallops these two pigs into the village. And people, holy Christ, what's this? You don't expect to see two big pigs galloping through, in and out of the village like that. Christ, I thought I was seeing a ghost or something. What in God's name was this? And next thing, your man, stop him, stop all my pigs. And that was that one. In and out with him and gone. Holy God Almighty, what was that? <laughs> and on and on they went. Well, between Fakel and Broadford, there's 12 miles. And the pigs, fudges, they covered them 12 miles in record time. And Broadford, no, when you get to Broadford, you know, it was like that, in and out. And there's the old RIC barracks there on your left at the butt of, Broad, uh, of Violet Hill. And on then to the right and the road to Limerick. But... It was the very same in Broadford, people doing their morning, a bit later now, chores, you know, going, as I say, to the well and this and that, you know, talking among themselves. And same story, the two pigs galloped in and out of the village like that. And of course, your man, now he was 10 or 15 minutes behind them, you know, even the young man, no more. And he, <laughs> where's the pigs? Where's the pigs? I just pointed him out the Limerick Road and on he went after them. And there's a big, long, big, long stretch stretched in. You know, three or two, three miles, and the Broadford Hills on your left. Lovely part of the country and lovely part of Clare, but an awful lot of people don't ever see that. They all head to West Clare and the Cliffs of Moher and that, but lovely part of Clare. And as your man came into this side of, it, of the straight stretch, the pigs were gone out the other side. And your man had to stop. Ah, Jezebel, he says, Christ, what do you have to do? <laughs> pigs are gone, they'll be thrown out. And then he thought, and she gave me three. <laughs> he put his hand in his pocket and he brought out the third one. <laughs> Lift down the trousers, stuck the third one, you know where. And Lord Christ, he had only barely time to pick up his trousers around his waist when his two legs went out from under him and off. And the man that told me the story said he caught up to the pigs just going into Limerick and and he shouted to the people around there, some few people, stop my pigs, stop the pigs. And, you know, Limerick people, they're very obliging and they corralled all pigs for him. And as soon as he got his breath, he drove man up, up to the factory, Shaw's factory. And there was a few of the workmen out, you know, smoking a fag, I suppose, it was break time. And I saw these two creatures coming, and they're nearly purple now with all the running. And they're sent in for the ganger, you know, a foreman. And Jesus, they come out, come out, you see what's here. And he came out. Christ, he says to the old man with the pigs, what's them, huh? Oh, Christ, the old man, will you, are you buying pigs today, huh? Oh, you're buying pigs, he says, if they are pigs. Oh, Christ almighty, he says, will you stop your fool, will you take them in and weigh them? They were tucking and weighed. No, they had a fair bit of weight lost with all the running, but the long of the shot to the story was they were bought. And and he got for them what would be maybe what it'd pay two thirds of the year's rent to come. Now that man he could have took the train back now that he had the money back here to Crusheen. But he didn't. He insisted on walking all the way back to Fakel and took his place in the queue, it was well out in the day now, there was a long queue there, but he took his place in the queue, and when he finally came to the door, Biddy was waiting. <laughs> she laughed, well, she said, you're back. 
I am, and he put his hand down in his pocket to pay her, and she wouldn't take it. No, she said, go home, she says, and pay your rent now, and be thankful. But that Christmas, that man, he insisted on buying her a goose, because there were no turkeys that time, it was all geese, you know. Turkeys are only an American invention of late years. But he insisted on buying her a goose, and he delivered it down to her in person and thanked her again for what she had done for him. And I think, in a way, that that story illustrates that Biddy had a sense of humour. Not funny ha-ha, but the kind of sense of humour that helped people when they were down on their look. And and it shows, maybe, part of the reason, it shows that people appreciated her and, and maybe shows also why she's still remembered 140 years after she died. She was a rounded character, she had uh, sympathy for people, be they up or down. Or She was a real person, not just one of these legendary characters that we know her name. Or she was a real person and still is very, very near to people. She could foretell, Biddy, there's no doubt about that. I remember a story, it was a sad story too, about these two brothers. They had cattle and... One of the cattle went missing. At a time, you see, when a cow, one cow, uh, could mean the difference between being able to pay your rent and not being able to pay your rent. And these weren't rich men, but one of the cattle went missing. And one of the brothers went to Biddy to find out where might the cow be. And Biddy was hesitant about telling him. She said, you might be better off not to know. God, he says, I want to know. Uh, why Why wouldn't I want to know? Because a cow's a cow. Well, she said, you'll find that cow, and she named the place. And he said, but isn't that my brother's field? They seemingly didn't get on too well, the brothers. No, I'd advise you, she said, Maybe leave the cow there. It might be for the best. But the choice is your own. Oh, he said, I want the cow. All right, she said, it is your choice. He went home. And he went to the field. And sure enough, as Biddy had said, the cow was there in the field. It wasn't a big field. And the field was in an awkward kind of a place away from the road. Obviously, the cow hadn't wandered in there on its own. Maybe the brother had... <clears throat> taken the cow, who knows but he was bringing out the cow out of the field when the brother appeared and the fight broke out, the argument the bad blood had been there before that and there happened to be an implement, seemingly a sickle in the other fellow's hand Christ, didn't he take the head off of the, the, the brother that was bringing out the cow killed him it was true for Biddy. You would be maybe as well off to leave the cow where it was, where she was. So she knew that the bringing out of that cow would come to no good. And there were several, several cases of that where Biddy could tell that, that for the future, a person who was doing something 
would be better off to leave things be. And sometimes it was near, sometimes it might be ten years' time. And the unfortunate thing, you know, human nature being human nature, a person might forget. Biddy might cure a person now and tell them, avoid such and such a place where that thing happened. It might be that they had interfered with something of the otherworldly. She could cure them this time, but don't go there again. And they'd be so delighted they'd go away forget about it do it again a very very human thing you know very we all forget the sickness would come back and biddy wouldn't be able to cure it a second time when they went back to to get a cure you didn't do what i told you and of course they they, they wouldn't know what she was talking about until it dawned that oh no she told me not to she could do nothing nothing about it then Biddy seemingly could cure you once, but a second time, it was up to yourself then. It was up to yourself then. It, a cure was two-sided. Biddy could do something, yes, but you had to do something also. And at the end of her life, when the priest finally came to her to give her the last sacrament, there's a very poignant kind of a scene. The priest thought... You know, uh, at last. Uh, we have several versions of this. But there's one very, very, very interesting story that comes down to us of the priest coming in and demanding her bottle, her famous dark bottle, not wanting to give her the sacrament until the bottle is handed over. And, of course, she does at this stage. She has no further use for her famous bottle and gives it to him. And he throws it into the lake below, you know, Biddy Early's Lake, Cather's Lock, as it appears on the maps. And, oh, he gives at the lake. But in another version, uh, there's finally, you know, right up to the end, there is that battle of power, that battle of wills. There's an, a crow up in a tree outside. And uh, Biddy, the crow is caw, caw, cawing. And Biddy looks up at the crow and she says something or other and the crow stops cawing. And she says something else and the crow falls down off of the tree, dead. And now she said, Father, could you do that? <laughs> and the priest, the priest, you know, convinced that she's working by the power of the devil. But she says, you know, she didn't want to be cruel to an animal, whatever she says. Up gets the old crow again and back up on the tree. And the priest, of course, can't do that. So right to the end, she's defiant. She won't give in at all to power of the church or the state or anybody. She There's, there's always that in the stories about her that she's defiant to the end. And of course, her four marriages are further proof that... And what I found out this time around was that I didn't have in the previous edition of the book, but I found it out by going through the newspapers and all, that she had become quite a tourist attraction in her last years. She had made the newspapers and all. Uh, she, she was becoming a tourist attraction. Great woman, wonderful woman. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.